I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And welcome to the Lakers Weekend on the Lakers Fast Break Network. I'm your host, Sean Grace, a.k.a. The Magic Man. And my special guest on this edition of the Lakers Weekend is Laker Tom, the number one blogger at Lakerholics.com. Now, Tom, uh, you've been on a bit of a respite from uh, blogging. It's been five days since your recent post. And so... Have you licked your wounds yet over over what happened? And we'd like to get your thoughts and reflections on the season starting out two and ten, having a less than one percent chance of making the playoffs at that point. The um, Russell Westbrook experience coming to an end at the trade deadline, and it was a fortuitous trade deadline for the Lakers. So what are your thoughts overall on the totality of the season, Tom? Even though it ended on a sour note, seems like there's there's a lot of uh, a sweet aftertaste. Well, I think the season was a success. I think, you know, I've, I've, I've never bought into the whole the whole thing that, you know, there's only one way that the season is a success, which is to win a championship. Um, and in fact, in, in every professional sport, except possibly Major League Baseball, Championships are not won by a season's effort. They're won by an organization that builds uh, either a infrastructure of superstars that they can then fill in a bunch of rotating pieces, or you build a long, deep team that can really survive and play all sorts of different styles and, and come out and win a championship. Um, the Lakers the last three years have basically chosen that option of that we believe that LeBron and AD, healthy, can win. Just got to surround them with a good enough team. Um, and they've always been attracted to the three superstars model and and stupidly probably chose the worst possible third superstar to fit along with LeBron and AD when they, they chose Russell Westbrook. Um, but I write that off the last year. I write that off to the previous season, you know. Um, and when I look back at, if you went back to summer a year ago, and we were looking at the situation then as what was going to ha- happen with this team, we had, we'd fired our coach. We had Westbrook and we were looking to possibly trade him. Um, and I think that that was probably a whole series of moves that if you looked at them individually, there was probably a lot of angst and anger in the, in the, among the Laker fans about the various moves um, and how long it took and how they did. But if you looked at them in a the whole with the patience that a general manager has to have, you know, and ownership has to have, and which most, most of us fans do not have, um, it was a series of great moves, starting with Darwin Ham. I think everything started with the hiring of Darwin Ham and a new attitude from the front office. Uh, and good credit to Darwin Ham for sticking tough because he said, no, you're not going to tell me who to hire on my staff. 
And no, I'm not going to make, you're not going to have anybody from the front office coming down into practices and telling me, suggesting plays and things like that. Um, I'm going to choose the people that are going to run the staff and I'm going to run it that way. And then secondly, I want a piece of the action in deciding who we're going to trade for, who we're going to draft, who we're going to build the organization around because they're the players that I have to coach. And so he wanted input into that process. And, and to, to great credit for Rob Polinka, whom, you know, I must've shafted and fired a, a million times during the season. Um, he really did the right things and he, call it luck, call it fortuity, uh, call it serendipity, whatever you want to call it, man, he made some great moves. Now, in retrospect, people are starting to, you know, Rui was terrific. We never got a chance to see Bamba, it, how he could impact it. But And the Russell Westbrook trade, yeah, Vanderbilt's lost a little of the glamour. Yeah, Beasley never really came through like we thought he would. And, you know, and... Um, I think the Rui trade, he's won already, Tom. He oh, the Rui trade is, a, yeah, first off, he's the number nine pick in the draft, man. Yeah, so he picked up a lottery pick for a few second-rounders, and that former lottery pick helped you get to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think any one of those second-rounders would have that kind of impact. So to me, I agree with you, Tom. He already well, unless we get unless we trade. draft the next Nikola Jokic. <laughs> yes. Well, which which brings me to uh, to another point, Tom. Mm -hmm. um, as we move on forward, and we always do, because the greatness of the Lakers is always in the future. We don't look. The past is uh, is a torch that needs to be passed forward, not backwards. And uh, Jerry West talked about that. He talked about passing the torch to Magic and Kareem, and Magic talked about how you know he wanted to pass the torch to Kobe. And Kobe's passed the torch to LeBron. And eventually it'll be LeBron's turn to pass the torch to the next great Laker. Now, as we move forward into the draft, the Lakers really need to nail these two picks, Tom. Mm -hmm. Just with the uh, tepidity of the uh, free agency class, and it's very lukewarm, not, not a lot of high impact. You can get medium impact players and some guys who, who've got a little bit more uh, scratch and claw in them. But for the most part, it's not top-heavy. So the Lakers really need to nail these two draft picks, Tom, number 17 and number 47. What do you think is a necessity? And what should the Lakers look for at the 17th pick? Yeah, it's interesting that you ask that because I've really been focusing on the last – last couple of days on looking at the draft prospects and, and trying to match it up with the Lakers needs. And it sort of has run parallel with another situation, which is the Lakers have announced that they want to basically bring back the team. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that really mean? You know, I mean, obviously it means that you know, we have four guys under contract, LeBron and AD, um, uh, Bandy, Bando and um, Christie. So you got four guys in a contract. You got two restricted free agents. We're going to set, we'll, we'll match anything that we get on those. So they're coming back. So that's six guys that are coming back. Then you got three free agents that are, well, one of them is really a minimum player, but I'm going to separate them into the three agents. You've got Dennis Schroeder. You've got uh, uh, Lonnie Walker Jr., uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth. And yep. um, who's the third one? Um, that would be D D'Lo. Oh, right, D'Lo, right, and D'Lo, um, and I, and I personally think that I think there's a consensus sort of growing that the price that the deal with D'Lo is to re-sign him because we can't let him walk. That would be totally stupid. You re-sign him because he can't get something better than that, and you get him down to like two years at twenty that twenty million. $40 million extension with a give him a player option in a second year. He can rehab himself. If he doesn't work out, you trade him at the deadline. But you can't throw another draft pick to get rid of him or anything like that. And you can't hard cap the team. That would be stupid. And we can't denounce all of these players and, you know, and, and go get cap space. Yeah, I, I agree, what Tom. Happens, what happens is you end up with two guys who are not guaranteed. They have a team option in the case of Beasley. 
and uh, you know, I'm, I'm guaranteed salary in the case of Bamba. If you bring those guys back, or you keep them and then just to trade them, you're up over 180 million in salary. Mm. You're a not only a repeat taxpayer, but you're over the second level, which means you lose the MLE, you lose all of these different things. You you're just screwed. So what happens is that you can't you can't really fill those spots. You need you wanted to trade him for a three and D wing so that you didn't have to start Vando and a backup center. So that when you know, but we couldn't afford to keep the, those guys. But so the answer is what you just brought up: a number seventeen and a number forty-seven pick, because that's the only way the Lakers can fill those roster needs so that they can keep under the under a, a monster tax so that they can actually go out and keep and bring back that entire team. They can bring back everybody except possibly they'll have to choose between Walker and Schroeder, mm-hmm. you know, because they only got a $7 million MLE to pay one of those two guys. And so I, I, Tell him which one he wants at first. You know, you got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as to the number 17 draft, um, there's, I look at the two of them in a pair and there's a, there's two guys that I really like at center as a backup center for the Lakers. Um, one of them is Lively from Duke, who you'd have to probably take with the number 17 pick. And I, I think that I probably would skip that because I think the other guy will be still be there. And I think he's just as good. And that's Adam Bona. UCLA. Um, he's a terrific shot blocker, really quick off his feet, fast, runs like a deer, um, can hold his own in the paint. He's not a, he's got a medium range shot. He's not a horrible free throw shooter. Um, he would give us a backup, backup guy immediately who would be a great rim protector. And that would leave you then to go for a three and D wing. And the one guy that everybody's comparing to the, the guy that we'd like to obviously have is OG Ananobi. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the in a draft that everybody's comparing to Ananobi, it's that, uh, gotta get his name right, Bilal Kulabiri. Yes, yes. Not yeah. bad. Yeah, he, it's pretty he's close. Wings. He's the, he's the way. I, I, I can't really pronounce it correctly. It's Kulabiri. Kulabiri. Bilal Kulabiri. And yeah. he's 6'8 or 6'7 with a 7'3 wingspan. Shoots 37% from threes. Um, terrific defender. They, they, he's the best defender in Europe right now. He's the best wing defender in Europe at this point in time. That 20-year-old kid. So you get him and you get Bona, who's a terrific shot blocker, was all Pac-10 pack rookie of the year. Um, and you fill those two holes with two young guys. Now, why is that important? Because... What we're looking at, I think, in two years is LeBron retiring. Mm-hmm. And when LeBron retires and doesn't have a contract, right now, if he retired, we wouldn't even be able to fill his salary because no. he's got a goddamn contract. But in two years, what we want to be is the same situation as we are right now, where when his salary comes off the books, we can replace him with another $46 million player. Yep. And... You or so to do that, what do you need? You need to be attractive in free agency. You need to be a team that doesn't look like the Lakers after Kobe left, that doesn't look like the Lakers after Magic left. Mm -hmm. It looks like a team full of 25 to 28 year old kids who got to the finals, who have one superstar and a 31 year old Anthony Davis. And what a perfect situation to come in. Um, and if you get a couple of young guys like this who could really fill the bill, I mean, look at what, man, look at what the Heat have done with a couple of young kids that, that weren't even drafted or often reads, you know. Um, so we have to hit both of those draft picks on the nose. I, I think you're 100% right on that, Sean. And it is the key to being able to bring back everybody, except possibly Shooter or, or Walker, to bring back everybody with raises and have a really solid 10, 12 man rotation. That's all very young. There'd be nobody really old other than LeBron. So when he disappears, man, we would be a hot landing spot. And that's the game plan I think that is really important. 
how LeBron would like us to, you know, what else can we do? You could trade the picks for a player, but then that player, so he's a $20 million player, it would be a $50 million player by the time you add the new taxes that you get. And, and that, we saw what happened. We saw what happened to Alex Caruso's salary. There's a point where the Lakers front office is not going to go berserk. And, and the league has made it tougher with harsher penalties now for doing that with this whole second tier thing that we hit. So if we are over 180 million, then you really get screwed. They start taking stuff away. You know, you, you can't, you got to take back exactly. You can't take back 125% on trade. You can only take back 110%. You know, you don't get an MLE anymore, period. <laughs> you know, things like that. So it, it makes it impossible for teams to, to really do that. The one thing I haven't seen that I, that I still am interested in is I haven't seen any big trades for the draft. I, I thought the draft looked really good. There are a lot of there are a lot of wing players in there. There are a lot of guys with. And, and let's be honest about something, Tom. We've got uh, two guys on two way contracts right now. We've got Cole Slider and Scotty Pippa Jr. Now, uh, watching a couple of uh, South Bay games, Tom Cole Slider's improved a little bit. Um, I'm not quite sure he's NBA ready. I don't think so. And Tom, I, I think you said it from the from the start. Unless he develops a jump shot, Scotty Pippen Jr. really doesn't have a future in the NBA. Uh, something tells me our scouting staff has dug deep these past few months, and there's somebody we're not talking about, and we haven't seen yet that they've they've targeted. And I think well, the I Lakers think those gonna, guys are going to be back. I think the Lakers are going to nail another undrafted guy. It's just something in my gut tells yeah. me it's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting when you look. There's a couple of guys too that there's a kid I can't remember his name, but uh, he's a guard that reminds me of the kid that Sacramento drafted last year. It's like six three, and he's uh, hold on just a second. I think I got his name there. Hold on a second. Is it Casey Nick Wallace? Smith? Oh, Casey okay. Wallace. Wallace, yeah. Well, I've watched I've watched video of him defending, man, and he is <laughs> he's exactly the kind of guard that lead guard that you need. He's like six three, but he's got a six eight wingspan. So he's like uh, Kyle Lowry, very similar. Yeah, he's he's in other words, he's a he's a he's a guy who he's a bigger version and a more consistent version of what what Ham seems to think Dennis Schroeder is. Yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Tom, uh, we had a question from uh, from Terrence in the, in the chat. If you had a choice, if you, if it was between Dennis and Lonnie Walker the fourth, who would Tom sign? I don't think it's going to be a choice between those things. I think it, unless somebody offers Dennis a right, but if you had to pick between the two, I would probably pick Dennis. Yeah, I would too. Um, just because of the defense, he frustrates me as a point guard because. <laughs> 
so many opportunities to get a pass the guys wide open underneath just never happened no. because Dennis doesn't see it or doesn't see it fast enough or can't pull the trigger fast enough or whatever it is. Um, and then some games he just won't drive. I, I don't understand it. It's I, you can beat almost anybody to the rim. Um, I get, you know, there's a big question in my mind strategically for the Lakers as to whether or not the smartest thing might be to go big and get a center to start and move Anthony Davis and LeBron James, both of whom are struggling now to physically stay healthy while playing fours and fives, then maybe we ought to play him against threes and fours and get a bruise and center in there who can, who can really, you know, get Brooke Lopez, you know, see if Brooke for, you know, a free pass for Disneyland for life. Um, and the MLE might come, might return to the Lakers. Well, see there, and that's the thing. I'd offer him the MLE over those two. So sure, he, Brooke, sure. Brooke would be my number one target for the MLE. Um, yeah, no question I, I about it. Hundred percent on that. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to get any. The other guy I might consider too is Trey Lyles. I really yep. like. Him. I like him a lot, and he fills another need that we he he could be our six eight wing. Although. Rui, Rui may may fill that need. Everybody keeps doubting Rui, and, and I, I think they're crazy too, man. He's shown he's shown ability to attack the rim and hit the mid-range shot as well as shooting the three. And I think his defense has, has been dramatically better than portrayed. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna put him out, put him out against a guy like Dennis Schroeder, and he's you know, he's not even a matador. You know, he's 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 nothing more than a traffic fight. Um, but, uh, shooters, I think we need to go big, but you have, we have the, with LeBron and AD, we always have the ability to go small. That's always an option to go small. So the two things we need are basically really a wing. So when we go small, we're still big, Mm -hmm. you know, we need, we need a six, eight wing. We need a young Marcus Morris, you know, a, a young guy who can, Drain, nail the three and defend, you know, I mean, OG Ananobi, we need him. He'd be perfect. And then when other teams went big, if you could go against a team like Joker, and believe me, I don't think there's a chance in hell that whoever comes out of the East is going to stop Denver. They're going to be champions. And the path to the championship from now on in the West is going to run through Jokic. Mm. So I want a center who can defend Jokic one-on-one. I think that's the priority the Lakers should have. If you really want to get a championship and you look at the path that just derailed you and that you're going to have to go through from now on for the next five years. What, the guy's at 30 years old, is he? Who? Jokic. No, he's not 30 yet. How old is he? Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I think he's 29. Oh, okay. Glad he's at least close to 30. <laughs> Think if you were worried about him being 25 or something. I mean, it took him a while to get going. My bad. He's 28. 28. Oh, Jesus. But he's still, you're right, Tom. He's close. We're gonna, he's, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we got to go through five years of him. Yeah, he's got. He's in his. He's in the middle of his prime I don't right trust now. AD to be able enough to go through him. It's time to move AD to the four. We need a center. Get Brooke Lopez, or maybe, we'll, maybe we draft Lively. <laughs> you know. Maybe you waste a 17 pick on, on a guy who will never shoot more than a few feet, but he's a great defender and he's hard to move underneath. He's exactly the kind of guy with huge long arms that, you know, a seven, seven reach. That's the kind of guy you need to guard Jokic. You need Anthony Davis with a lower Anthony Davis, but with all of the weight in the body in, a, in his lower body rather than his upper body. So you just can't move the guy. Tom, we have another good question from Terrence. Would you bring back Wenyan Gabriel? I said yes as a third center. If he's yeah. your backup to your backup, I'm I'm all for it because I think he's all hustle, he's energy, and if you need a guy for 15 or so minutes because somebody sprained an ankle or they, they, they've got to leave the game, I, I think he's a pretty decent emergency backup. Yeah, I like I like Wenyon. He's just not a second. He's just not a backup center. No, he's more of a backup tweener forward. You know, 
Um, but his energy and something good usually happens in games. He'll go through three or four games and he'll even 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 though it's garbage minutes, he'll have good plus minuses. And then, then all of a sudden he'll get put in a real bad garbage situation and have a horrible plus minus. But um, the question is, do you want guys like that for your 11th through 15th player or 14th player? Or do you want burned out veterans who are just going to be cheerleaders? You know, would you rather have him or Tristan Thompson? Um, Thompson played pretty well for the few minutes he was there. And, and I don't mind a guy like that. Who's, who's a team raw, raw reader. Who's like the guy from the guy from Miami, you know, um, uh, or, or the way that we've had guys in the past on the Lakers who fill that role, you know? Um, but I, what I want to get away from is I want to get away from guys who've had negative attitudes in the past. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't think they went back to cousins or why they didn't go back to Howard because there were incidents and, and things that reminded me too much of Russell Westbrook and, and um, Patrick Beverly. Um, yeah. Want, it, 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 you're right, Tom. It's not just losing. That's contagious. It's negativity. Unfortunately. It is. It is. And, and we've seen that all across the whole country, Sean. It, it, it's, Yes, Tom, you're right. That's an excellent I, I point. Among family and friends, even, you know, I mean, I got a next door neighbor who I, I, I every time I look out my window, Fox News is on. Oh, <laughs> you know, she's a nice lady. I mean, um, she, did, she, did, she did. She did complain once that I was about my language during a Lakers loss. Oh. <laughs> Well, I was uh, ruining ruining neighborhood tenor. Well, you know what, Tom? Don't let that get in the way of somebody being a good neighbor. You know, well, I, 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 but you're you're a hundred percent right. I like, and that the negativity is contagious, like you like you say, and 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 you know, there's there's part of it that's it's the bad version of disgruntlement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So instead of taking the blame yourself, there's always somebody else to blame. That's the problem with it. That's right. So so and it's you're right. And it's not just um it's not just uh vocal. It's it's in your you mope, your pout, your yeah. you're crossing your arms every time you're talking to somebody. Um you're right, Tom. A lot of body language, you know it's not the continuity and chemistry and culture that you want in the locker room. No, that's right. No. And uh, Terrence brought up uh, a good point, Tom. He says, so if I understand right, we should prioritize a center before a three and D wing in the draft. I would say if it's on a scale right now, if the three and D guy is just a little bit better and I'd go three and D, but they're right. They're right there. They're right there. You know, it's it's again one of those plans that you've got two ways to get players. There's the draft and there's free agency or the exceptions. So what for example, I'd feel totally different if I knew I could get Brooke Lopez for the MLE. Yes. And, and uh, under the table, lifetime pass to every Disney outlet that exists. Um, I think he'd go for that, you know. Um the problem is, is that you're, this is a move that is more for two years from now when LeBron retires, because I want the roster at that point in time to be competitive so that our $47 million in cap space from LeBron leaving will be coupled with an attractive landing spot for whoever's the top free agent. And believe me, guys will look at, look at, being available for that slot in time because they know it's going to come up. They know it's a good opportunity to move into a team that is still competing. If the, and that's what the Lakers want more than a championship next year. I'll bet you anything that Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka want a smooth transition from LeBron James that doesn't involve the five to 10 years of crappy play mm. when Kobe yeah when we lost Kobe or when Kobe retired and when magic retired in both situations, man, we got, we went through a hard time. Part of it was because we invested money foolishly to try to win championships in their latter years that 
failed. Yes. Yeah. And, and as we segue into, that's very interesting. You brought that up, Tom. So in a little bit of uh, odds and ends news, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks looks like have hired their new coach, Adrian Griffin. Yeah. Now what's interesting, Tom is Nick nurse uh, withdrew consideration from the job. Um, I think what's going to be uh, revealed later on is that they, I think, Nick Nurse was their number one choice, Tom. And I think the big problem that Nick Nurse has with finding a job right now is that he wants to exert some control over personnel. And it's why the relationship in Toronto with Masai Ujiri ended so badly. He's not going to tell Masai who to draft or what. Right. And I hate to break it to Philadelphia 76ers fans, but Daryl Morey's not going to sit there and listen to Nick Nurse tell him who he's going to uh, acquire either. But the Phoenix Suns are on the line, Tom. The Phoenix Suns are on the line. And there is is hot news from Toronto, Tom, that Nick Nurse is going to be named the next uh, coach of the Phoenix Suns. So, so... Where does that segue to? I mean, is who's going to be the next player that they're going to go after then? Because that's- yeah, I, I so, Tom, something tells me that um, uh, Fred Van Fleet is going to be a very rich man. Um, <laughs> I know we did. I know they have cap space. No, they, they do not. They do yeah. not. They'd have to acquire him in a sign and trade. Now, Tom, man. is there any part of you, you sign and trade? Can you? I can you. That's the Lakers' problem because he doesn't leave you. Would you hard cap for Fred Van Fleet if you if you knew that you could keep Rui and Austin? Tom, is he the only guy you do it for in that situation? Would you do it for Kyrie? No, you know we could do it for Fred because Fred's. I think you could get Fred for thirty. That's a lot. That's fifteen less. Than 46, 40, 17 less than 47 million. That's 17 is Rui, you know? So that's the difference between Kyrie and Fred is we could keep, we could keep Reeves with both of them. But if we went with Fred, we could keep Rui. Now, it's still a, there's there's always that temptation from Jeannie Buss that, Being hard cap is it's not a coincidence that the luxury tax threshold is the hard cap. <laughs> Meaning if you're hard cap, you're not gonna pay any taxes, man. Because you can't, you can't even add a salary to pay the tax. You're prevented from paying taxes. Genie Bus would love that. That's out of our hands. We cannot make that trade because we're hard cap. We can't add that player because we're hard cap. We can't give that extension because we're hard cap. You know, I mean, it's 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 like the ultimate. I hate to do that to the team, but man, it's going to help our salaries. You know, our our payouts from the from the Lakers championship will be much bigger because we wouldn't have to pay that huge tax that we did, um, and all that criticism that comes with not being able to you know make a move. You know, you everybody blames Genie Bus, right or wrong, and we don't know who made that decision but right or wrong as the owner genie is the one who let alex walk you know yeah i mean they they've let a lot of quality guys walk out the door i don't want to see this happen again but but but, but that's the thing we'd be looking at say let's say okay say we took beasley and bomba and we we took their 26 million dollars and we traded that for who's a good $26 million player that you want. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. The problem is, is that Beasley and D'Lo's best attributes are, sh- are shooters. They've really, really decreased their value. So as much, I, I know what people are saying about you need to re-sign D'Lo and, tr- and that may be true in theory. But it's specious reasoning, right, Tom? Because he is an unrestricted free agent, and I, I know no, I don't. I don't think I don't think it is, Sean, because I think it's you just can't let you just can't let Callip walk without getting something for it. And in the case of D'Lo, no, if he's if somebody else offers him twenty five million or thirty million, sorry. Goodbye, Dennis, or goodbye, D'Angelo. But if he doesn't get any offers, which is very likely, then I think we could sign him for 20 and 20 Hmm. and give him a player option. If he has a good year, he'll get more than 20 next year. And he wants to stay. The last thing he needs on his resume right now is, is those four games to be the last thing he did for the Lakers. Yeah, because ultimately, ultimately what these guys and what their agents want to do is negotiate with teams who actually have the cap space enough to sign them. Unless, like you said, Tom, you're Kyrie Irving and you want to get somewhere. Well, just because you want something doesn't mean it's going to happen. And we saw it at the trade deadline. And we know that despite where Kyrie may want to go, the money is more important. Yeah, it always is, and that's what it always comes. To, that's what it always. Well, there's comes a few cases. There's a few cases out of a million, probably, that guys made moves, you know, to give up a good hunk of money. But, but for the most part, teams linked to a lot of these guys are just have the open slots just to sign them outright. Um, and you know, it, but none of them need point guards, though. That's the yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly, exactly, right? That, they that's, either that, got that's a better point thing. guard than him right now, or they don't need a point guard. Well, they have other needs that are, you know, totally unrelated to it. You know what He's they say? Situation, you know, he, man, that cost him a lot of money. Yeah, it did. Those four games were just brutal. Bruce brutal is the correct word. I felt sorry for him. I really did, man. And usually I don't feel sorry for for guys no. shots. <laughs> you know, I mean that that's the game. You either it's a make or miss league, you know. So you you just gotta make them when you got those shots. That's and it. He, he usually does, but I don't know whether it was KCP or what it was that took him out of his game, but man. And and he had good open shots that see like for example at the long rebound that went back to him. And he got a second shot on the same thing from the same spot from three. Those are the kind of shots that you hate. Because when you when you lose an offensive rebound to the other team off of a three-point shot, you always know it leads to another wide open three-point shot that does go down. I mean, it you see it a million times a game. It's it's like a sure thing. It's almost as good as a slam dunk. It is. And here's the difference, and I I see some, uh, Gary in the chat room is basically saying, well, we don't have the cap space, we don't have this, we don't have that, we should just 
resend the core and let uh, LeBron AD whine about it later. Well, I mean, th- that's one route to go down. But the, the, the fact of the matter is most of the prognostication is here. Tom had us finishing either in a play-in or out of the playoffs altogether. And somehow Polinka managed to uh, correct the mistake, turn it around, and help the team get to the Western Conference Finals. He's got more of a buffer zone now than he did last year. First of all, he has job security. He secured his job. While we do well, celebrate... I think he proved... He's got job security. He proved, that. Yeah, he proved that last year. Because he should have been fired, man. He should have. Well, you know, he should have been fired. Well, but you know something though. If you don't I, get fired, then you're you're like solid gold. No, normally, normally what happens today, and we like we've seen it in the past, right? Normally, what happens is if you get the get the job at the chair, you get your shot at the coach. You get right. you hire your guy. If you fire him, that's it. If there's something else, if there's another fire that we got to put out, it's you're you're going on the spit, right? Yeah. So I yeah, think right. he knew. I think he knew he was under the gun, Tom. He definitely felt it. So it, I don't think it was just a matter of him looking out for his job. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that's the primary reason. I'm saying he man he managed to turn uh, chicken blank into chicken salad with what he had. And nobody can really predict the future and nobody really knows how free agency is going to unfold until, you know, the dominoes start falling. But I consider the next two years critical because I agree with Joe. I think that LeBron has two years left and then he's gone. Yeah. I think that that's that's the balance point that he's, you know he's he's he knows he knows at this point in time that it wasn't just the foot injury you know it's also father time catching up and young guys coming up you know um that shooting the performance that 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 the the nuggets put on and the job that murray did i mean of hitting clutch shots uh was really pretty incredible. They their shot making was as good as I've seen any team make in a clutch series, you know, in a conference finals or higher type series. So, you know, yeah, it's it's easy to understand how they could beat it. They could beat almost anybody in that situation. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. And I, I just I just want to I just want to say, you know what. I, I know people, I know a lot of Lakers fans. There's, you know what? There's still, for some reason, there's still, I don't know what it is, Tom. I don't know how to explain it. I've tried to understand. There's just a lot of enmity and a lot of, I think, frustration that LeBron is somehow a Laker. And, and a lot of fans feel that because he's in the twilight now, that he's holding them hostage, so to speak. Uh, but the fact of the matter is one hand washes the other. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think that, that their run is over. Now the run as a one, two, I think has come to an end. I think LeBron uh, wants and understands that he's a secondary scorer and a secondary playmaker at this point. Um, so but does AD understand that he has to become the primary in both of those situations. You know what? That, that As far as that's, I think you know, I've always said this, I, you know, you can't, um, you can't, it, it, it's an old saying my grandmother used to say, it. I mean, you can't change a leopard spots. Uh, I, they are what they are. I wish he would have more of a ferocity and determination that is, you know, encapsulating himself all the time tom but we get that for you know 44 minutes not 48 i I really wish if he was as ferocious as he was uh through that uh two and a half week stretch there in the playoffs there'd be no questioning he'd be a number one option uh they they need a buffer though and but palinka's given himself some room here so what kind of buffer do you think they need, though? 
because that comes back to the big question is if you're going to add one thing to this Lakers team, one thing, what would it be? They need, well, it's, they need two things right off the bat. Only one, John, only one, man. Okay. Well, you know what, then primarily you need a three, you need a three and D shot maker. You need a replacement for Vando in the starting lineup. Yes. That's what you know, Vando suddenly makes every corner three that he does. Now, if you can add a little bit I'm of sure, I sure, I sure tell him to hire a shooting coach and give him two or three referrals. Secondarily, we need you need a, a guard, preferably combo guard, who could get his own shot and put and and can facilitate because Dennis couldn't do that. He can do one or the other. He can't. He's more of a scoring point guard. I drives me nuts because like you said, Tom, he's perfectly capable of it. It just, it never, it never happens. The processing isn't there for him. The ball slips out of his hands or he's going too fast or. So if you're bringing him back, you need to bring in another guard that can, that can facilitate because. You know, it's not even, I don't even think it's facilitating, you know, because what's missing for us. And I hate to say this even. What's missing for us is Kyrie Irving. We don't have a guard who can close. Exactly. We're a guards league. Yeah. We're a guards league and we don't have a guard who can close. Now you can stick a you can stick a wing in there to do that same thing. You know, give the ball to DeMar Rosen for a mid-range jump shot. You know, that's not a bad option. And but we none of our guards are the guards that like I would have rather Reeves took that last shot than LeBron after seeing how he was hobbled. Yeah, I, I understand what I understand that. Well, and yeah, I agree. And part of Reeves' game is just like LeBron's game. It's when you're pushed to the spot where you got to get rid of the ball. There are situations where it's better for you to get rid of the ball, no matter who you are. But we don't we don't have that Kobe type guy. No, we don't have a closer. LeBron's not a closer. And AD, you can shut off and double. You can double team AD and make him not the closer and force him to it. We don't have a guard that's like John Morant that you can't double. You know, that just gets away from the double team. It's just great at splitting that. And the truth of the matter is we don't have, I don't think we have the trade assets to go and get them. So I think that the only way to do it is to go to the draft and use the draft to get them. And get guys who are at least NBA ready. We've seen that guys can contribute in their first year, especially when they're put into good, when you, when you've made a smart decision and they're put into a situation where there's a need and they're going to get minutes because we got to have somebody fill that spot. The hardest part is you can't, the hardest part is the, the hardest part is that, it's pretty hard for rookies to come in and and even break into those starting lineup situations. But in two years, when LeBron retires, I'd sure love to have those two guys having grown in the organization. And instead of being in the 11 to 15 range, they've moved down into the six, seven, and eight range as players, you know. And, and you got a couple of guys who, you know, a, a number 17 is pretty good pick, man. That's just outside the lottery. You know, you're talking Joe, about. Yeah, Tom, Joe, Joe mentioned that similarly to you. He said, you know, look at all the fantastic NBA players today who were like mid-round picks or, you know, in that Steph late Curry. teens, early 20s. You can, you can really nail one. Well, we need to nail both of them. And I will say this, uh, look. Uh, I, I believe uh, Gerald's going to have a, a show about this uh, in the future, unfortunately, because we've got to talk about. But, uh, yeah, Kyrie Irving would likely be the best available option out there. The problem is twofold. The money and sign-and-trades are complicated. The last sign-and-trade that really made a difference in the NBA and, and had a ripple effect was when the Brooklyn Nets signed and traded D'Angelo Russell to the Golden State Warriors so they could free up cap space to sign who? Yeah. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So they yeah, rarely 
they rarely, rarely happen. The problem is, is that I don't, from, from everything you read now, aside from the fact that the free agency route, we'd have Kyrie have to take 15 million less from us and the trade route, we'd have to hard cap ourselves and, and give up Rui and anybody after Rui. You still would need the Mavs to agree to a sign and trade. And why would they want to do that when supposedly they already have a handshake deal to sign Kyrie to a max deal? Um, I, I, I think Kyrie, unless, unless Kyrie pulls the plug as soon as he signs his contract with the Mavs and the first half of the season is a disaster, you know, I don't think the Lakers have a chance of trading for Kyrie unless it's in, at least until the trade deadline. You know, and he's pulled off some new, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get a measles shot. And, and therefore, you know. All right, Tom. Well, with that, and um, just thank everybody for dropping in. You know, it's kind of funny. Life uh, is full of change, you know. It's constant. You need to get on with life. Change is a part of life, and um, it, it's bittersweet. I uh, say this. Unfortunately, I'll be leaving uh, Lakers fast break. It's bittersweet. You know, it, it's that old saying from, uh, I remember that terrible movie, Vanilla Sky, but it had a wonderful quote. It said, life is never as sweet without the sour. And unfortunately, I have to leave the Lakers fast break, and it might be, on a bit of a sour note for those of you out there, but I really want to thank everybody for their support and, you know, I'll be moving on and uh, hopefully you'll catch me down the road. Uh, but until then, uh, Lakers fast break is in great hands with the uh, captain of the ship, Gerald Glassford. I remember when the community had 99 followers, I still have it, the picture in my phone. And uh, now all of a sudden we're almost up to like 700. It's at 662. It's uh, it's incredible. Um, and I really want to thank Gerald for the opportunity and all the people I've got to meet in the chat. And uh, just want to say thank you. And, you know, unfortunately, goodbyes are a part of life. And just want to thank everybody. And uh, we'll see you in the future. Take care, everybody. This is Magic Man signing off. So long.